Thank you for watching this online message from Riverstone Church. We hope that this content encourages you and helps you further develop your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit riverstonechurch.net. There you can learn more about us, view additional messages, submit your prayer needs, and even give online. Thank you for watching, and may the Lord richly bless you. Can you turn your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 13? And we're going to be at verse 24. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. Could we all stand for the reading of God's word? I mean, it's called the parable of the weeds. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seeds in your field? How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now let's skip down to verse 36. Then he left the crowns and went into the house and his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. And he answered, he said, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the, wor is the world. And the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of, out of his kingdom all causes of sin and lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears let him hear. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, Father. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that same prayer you pray, God, that you will give us ears to hear. Can you pray that for yourself right now? God, give me understanding. Just pray it over you right now. God, give me understanding. Lord, help me, Lord, to receive everything that you want to say to me today. I do not want to miss a single word from you. And now I want you to pray for somebody in front of you, beside you, or behind you. Just go ahead and ask them, God, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you will give them ears to receive what your word is saying. And God, I come into agreement with what's already been prayed. We combine to get up all forces of evil that will try to block people, that will try to prevent people from hearing your word today. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you free up, you loosen the word of truth, that it will settle into our souls, that it will embed into our spirits, that it will produce fruit everlasting, oh God. And you are the one who does that work, Holy Spirit. So we trust in you today. God, I pray that your word is truth. I pray that it will change the way I think. It will change what I want, and it will change what I do so that I will be more like you. Yes. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. This, uh, this message today, uh, I, again, I just I found out a few days ago that I would be sharing today. And I knew, I knew that I knew that this was what the Lord wanted us to know about today. It's one of these texts today that I'm not comfortable sharing with. You, those who know me know I just, uh, I'm, I like happy unicorns and butterflies and I like cheery stuff, right? That's just who I am. I, I just, I, I'm a happy guy, you know, uh, but today's message is very serious and I want to make sure I get this message across as the Lord would want it to be. And so, um, so I just, I just want to say that up front. Also, too, there was a message on New Year's Eve night. Who was at New Year's Eve night? And uh, a message was given uh, by uh, Brother Anthony, and he uh, shared with us the parable of uh, the sower and talked about how this would be a year of fruitfulness, that God is trying to, uh, to prune us this coming year, that we would be more fruitful. Who wants to be more fruitful in your life, right? I do. I want this year. I want to be more fruitful, God. I want our church to be more fruitful. And I took that as a prophetic word, and I believe that that's what the Lord was speaking over this church. And since then, just in my time of prayer, prayer and my time of study, the Lord has just been just speaking that to me. Then last night, uh, Brother uh, Mark Miller shared a word at our downtown service. Was that cool last night or what? Did, that was powerful. Thank you for everybody being at that service last night, but shared a message about the kingdom of God and getting this revelation that Jesus Christ is king and that we are in his authority and that we're called to live and abide in his authority to rule as the true ecclesia, the governing body, to possess those gates. And then Autumn, were you even there last night? You weren't even there last night. And then Autumn comes forward and shares that word. The Lord is really trying to say something to us, folks. The Lord is trying to say through this time of 21 days of prayer and fasting, I'm calling you to live in a greater authority. I'm calling you to be more than just a body of believers that come and sing some songs and, and you know, uh, hear a preached word and just study a Bible together. But I am calling you to possess the gates. Amen. And I believe that we're going to sense that and understand that more and more as the Holy Spirit sort of downloads that as we continue to seek him in prayer. But today I want to focus on this message today and three prayers, since this is our time of prayer and fasting, three really important prayers that I believe God wants us to pray over our life and to pray over this church. So if you're taking notes today, I hope I can give you some clear notes to take. But again, these are three prayers. This is a parable. Jesus is telling a story, but a story is uh, within that story is embedded a real spiritual truth or truths that Jesus is trying to convey to the hearer. And sometimes, or in most, all times, it takes it, a parable is meant for us to sit and to meditate upon it so that, so that we can allow the Holy Spirit to interpret that. And that's what happened in this story. Jesus shared the story. The disciples did not get it at first, and then Jesus kind of had to come and reinterpret it. So that's exactly what God wants to do with this story. We hear this, but now we're asking the Holy Spirit to interpret this, help us to truly understand the meaning of this text for my life, for my marriage, for my family, my home, and for my church and what God has called me to do. Amen? Amen. And so God, we're asking you to speak to us through this parable today. In Matthew 13, there's several parables. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven like? What is the kingdom of heaven? Now, the whole world is going to try to tell you this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. They want you to kind of see it from their perspective. But listen, the kingdom of heaven is a mystery. 
If you think you know it in and of your own understanding, and maybe even what you, has been communicated to you, you still don't fully understand it. It's going to take a lifetime, and only until you enter into the kingdom of heaven for you to really grasp it. But I know one thing is for sure, folks. While I'm here on this earth, I'm going to seek to know it. I'm going to spend my time trying to understand it because it's the most important thing I can understand for my life, for my marriage, and my children. You understand that? Of all the things there is to know in the world, to pursue, to seek, to promote me, to make me something healthy and wealthy, the most important thing in your life for you to seek and to pursue is the kingdom of heaven. And I want to seek it. And I want you to hold me accountable to seek it. I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to push you a little bit. You push me a little bit. Just like we said, let's pray for 21 days and let's seek the kingdom of heaven. We pushed you and you're responding because we want you to know it. We want you to understand it because when it's inside of you, it is just like a mustard seed. You can't keep it inside. It will spread like leaven. So, so again, understand that this message today is a message to, to convey to you the importance of seeking the understanding of what the kingdom of heaven is really like and to provoke you to seek it even further. So what are three prayers from this parable today that we can take away? The first one is to pray that we will stay awake. Everybody look to your neighbor and say, wake up. That's not how you wake somebody up. Come on, folks. Wake up. You know what I had to do to my two girls this morning? Man, I had to go, I had to go, well, the, the people that know they're on the Montana trip, how do I wake people up? <laughs> They'll tell you, I crow like a rooster. I got a great rooster crow, so that's my alarm clock. I'm not going to do it right now because it'll bring nightmares. They'll start twitching if I start doing it. But you got to wake, we, we got to wake up. We have to wake up. Pray that we will stay awake. Look at verse 25. Keep your, keep your Bibles open this morning, but look at verse 25. It says, but while they were what? While his men were sleeping. While his men were sleeping. It says, his enemy came and sowed seeds among the wheat and went away. Spiritual darkness. We live in a world, you work in a world of spiritual darkness. We, 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 uh, we have to... Uh, interact in a world of, of, of spiritual darkness. And darkness, even in the natural, what does it cause you to do? Right? It just causes you to drift, drift asleep, right? It causes you to fall asleep. Back in the day, before we put those things with light in front of our faces, we all went to sleep at like 10 o'clock, didn't we? But now we're in a world with TVs and screens, and we're like, oh, you know? So we're having a hard time sleeping these days. That's your medical advice for the day, you know? You know? But back in those, when it would get dark, your body would just tell you, right, to go to sleep. It's kind of the same way in the spiritual world, right? There is a, there is a, there is a lull. There is a, 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 a spiritual darkness that's trying to pull you in. It's trying to get you to fall asleep. And so throughout the scripture, the Bible is consistently warning us to stay awake. I don't have the number of times it tells us, but if you go and do a word study and you look up, wake up or, 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 or rise up, you'll see it throughout the text where God is consistently reminding his people, you have to wake up because if we fall asleep, what happens is we become unconscious, right? When you're asleep, you're not aware of your surroundings, you're not aware of what's going on when you're sleeping in the natural, when you're sleeping in the spiritual. It's the same way. You've got believers that love God. I truly do. But they're just not, they don't have a clue what the enemy is doing all around them. 
And he's, he's, he's taking things from them. He's, he's, he's sowing his poison all around them. But so many believers, because they have fallen asleep, are just unconscious to what the enemy's doing around them. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, is a, a scripture that I reference often. You're going you're gonna, to uh, remember this text here. But, he sa- but Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3, he says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, I wish I could read that text again because there's so much packed in that little verse right there in those couple of verses. Uh, But really, what, what he's trying to say, what Paul is saying here is that if you're asleep and you're not awake, then, um, then, then your spiritual walk is going to be compromised. Does that make sense? You're not going to be as sensitive to uh, the, 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 the desires of God that you had before to follow him, to do what God wants you to do. There's going to be just this, uh, 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 this, this desire for, for worldly things and this wants for the things of the world. And the desires for God will be affected once you fall asleep in your spirit. And the Bible says that you won't be aware of the evil times. Who agrees we're in some evil times? Are they dark or what? Right? You know, I don't have a time to list out all the evil, ugly things the world is doing, but you've got so many believers that aren't even upset about it. They're like, okay, whatever, you know, I've just got to keep my paycheck, keep my mortgage paid, you know, keep, keep the, the kids fed and so forth. And they're just, they're not aware of all the evil that is taking place around them. They're not as sensitive to it because they've been lulled off to sleep. These are people that love God. Don't get me wrong. And, and, and they, it says here in that text as well, they, they won't understand what the Lord's will is. Right? They will have a, a, a they, they will on, they'll only be led by what they want, their, their desires and what's in their heart. The, the desires of God and the desires to do His plan and to do His will, uh, they, they'll just be uh, not, they don't care as much. The desire won't be there anymore, right? And that's what happens when the believer drifts off to sleep. And so that's why it's so important that we're praying for our lives, for our own lives. God, keep me awake, God. Let your light shine upon me. Beam the light of your glory constantly into my life so that I will not drift off and fall asleep, right? This, we are the children of the day, the Bible says. We're not called, none of us are called to drift off to sleep. Pray for my family, Lord, my children, God, that they will not fall asleep, that spiritual darkness won't overtake them, that they also will find themselves not interested in doing what God wants them to do and unaware of all the evil that's taking place around them. God, for my church, Lord, I pray that this will be a church, Lord, that will be sensitive, that will be awake, that will be alive and see all the evil that's taking place around them. God, wake us up, Lord, right? That's our prayer. Over these 21 days, I ask you, I plead with you, I urge you, pray over your life, pray over this church. God, keep us awake. I don't want to fall asleep. Satan wants you to sleep because this is when he can slip by your defenses and sow his poison. 1 Peter chapter 5, 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary the devil, Satan, is prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone 
to devour. And I want to be careful. I'm not honoring Satan here. I'm not. I know we've talked a lot about him, and I know there are some folks that will see him under every rock. I get that. That's not what I'm trying to convey here. But what I do want you to know, that there is an adversary. There is some force that is working against you. There are demons assigned to stop you, to destroy you. And they're looking at you and they're watching you and they're saying, when will she fall asleep? When will he fall asleep? When will that church fall asleep? Because then I can come in and I can do my work and I can destroy things. It's already been prophesied this morning that Satan is trying to do that in your life and in this church. Verse 41 tells us that he sows sin and lawlessness. That he would try to come into your life, into this body of believers, and will try to get people to compromise and to commit sin. It, it, it just happens. I've seen it in my own life, folks. I'm not trying to sit here and say, no, I've seen Satan. I, I know when I've drifted off to sleep and Satan has come in, and in my own life, I've seen me compromise sin and tolerate it in my life. It happens, doesn't it? Lawlessness. You know, someone saying, I don't care you know, who's, who's in authority over me. I'm going to do what I want to do. A rebellion. It's rebellion. I've seen rebellion even in my own life. And if we're not careful, even good God-fearing people that love Jesus, when they drift off to sleep, Satan will try to sow those seeds of sin and lawlessness. He sows seeds of destruction. John chapter 10, verse 10. Everybody say 10, 10. 10, 10 says, uh, the thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy, right? We know Jesus comes to give life more what? abundantly. We get that one. That's the one we want to shout and hallelujah to. But the first part of that verse is that Satan does try to come to steal, to kill, and destroy. He hates you. He hates your family. He hates your marriage. He hates your calling on your life. He just wants to destroy you, disrupt you, defy you, discourage you, distract you. He's the devil and he's got many D's, right? (laughs) And he's got many arrows. He's just pow, 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 shooting you as much as he can because that's what he does. And you're fighting with your wife or you're upset about your finances or you're kicking the wall because things aren't working out the way you want them to. And you're finding someone to, ki- to blame. You're finding something to complain about. You're even you're yelling at political parties because you're so upset, right? And it's not them. It's not the person. It's not the, them. It's Satan. It's the evil one. Your battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against these powerful evil forces that are trying to kill, steal, and destroy you. That's what's going on. And we have to be aware of that. And when we drift to sleep, this is what the enemy does. He wants to sow seeds of evil in your home, your marriage, your business. Young people, for some reason in this generation, he is after them like crazy. And I'm telling you, folks, parents and grandparents and any older person, let's be aware of that. Let's wake up. Let's wake up for the sake of our young people. He hopes to get us entangled with the affairs of the sons of, of evil to take, to, take us, um, to, to take us away from what God is trying to do in and through this church. We have to wake up, folks. We have to pray those prayers. Dear God, wake me up. Second prayer we need to pray. Well, first off, let me just let me stop before I go there. Here's a scripture. Here's a verse I want to leave you with for that point. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Paul says to the Ephesian church, which again, it was a dark church. It was a dark place that they were in. 
They were trapped in some spiritual darkness. And he leaves them with this really important verse. He says, praying at all times in the spirit with all supplication, all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me that the words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Again, a lot going on in that verse. I'm going to give you the reference again because I want you to go back and look at it yourself. And that reference again is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 through 19. Go back and look at that verse. Listen to what he's saying. This is what, this is what a church that's awake looks like. This is what a church that is awake. This is what we're trying to do at this church. You know, we need help. We need your help. We need, to, we need you to hold us accountable. We need to hold you accountable that we are a church that is praying at all times in the spirit. Is that possible? Is it possible? I hope it is. Because if so, then that's a church that's awake, that's alive, that's a mother, that's a father, that's praying consistently for their marriage, for their spouse, for their children, for their home. They're praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. They're making supplication for all the saints that we're not sitting around talking about what this believer is not doing that they should be doing. Or we're not sitting around talking about what that believer did 10 years ago. We can't let, let them go for it. No, what we're doing is we're praying for one another. We're praying that God would bless each other, would empower each other, would deliver each other, would strengthen each other, right? We're making supplication for all the saints praying at all times in the spirit. And, and like Paul says, praying for Paul, that the gospel may go forth through him praying that open doors would happen, praying that God would just give us an opportunity to, to take more ground for the kingdom of God here in our city, that God would give us favor, that God would open doors, that God would give us a chance to share our faith, that God would give us an opportunity to bring what God is doing here somewhere else. That's a church that's awake. That's a church that's alive. That's the believer that I want to be. That's the church I want to be. Is that a church you want to be? Is that a believer that you want to be? I want to be awake. I want to be awake. God, wake me up. God, wake you up. God, wake us up. Please pray that prayer with me over these 21 days that God would keep us awake and keep us alive. Amen. The next prayer that I want you to consider praying, that I'm urging you and pleading you to pray, is that, and I don't really know how to title this one. This one's going to be, I try to keep these, uh, these, these notes here succinct so they're kind of catchy and easy to, to receive. This is going to be a funny one here, a prayer. But pray, I'm just going to give you the way the text presents it here. Pray that we will know who are the sons of the kingdom and who are the sons of the evil one. That's a tough one, isn't it? Pray that we will know who are the sons of the kingdom and who are the sons of the evil one. And let's just give me the, the, I'll give you the verse here. Go back to your text that I opened up with in verse 37. Take a look at that. It says, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seed is the who? Sons of the kingdom, right? Amen. Somebody's reading with me. Sons of the kingdom. Amen. The weeds are the who? The sons of the wicked one or sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. I'm just going to define here over the next few moments here, who are the sons of the kingdom? Because I want you to know who they are. This is what the sons of the kingdom look like. If you're taking notes, um, this, this is who the sons of the kingdom are. The first thing we know about the sons of the kingdom is that they had an encounter with Christ. 
right? You look at that first part of the verse we read, and verse 37, it says, the one who sows the good seed is the who? The son of man, which is another reference to Jesus, right? They had an encounter with Jesus. Jesus came into their life, and he put a seed inside of them, right? It was, this, it was a born-again seed. They became a new creature, a creation, right? Jesus changed their life. They were a son of the evil one, you know, but then Jesus came and put a seed of life in them, and they, be, they, they were redeemed, and they became a brand-new person in Christ. Amen. Anybody is excited about that? I mean, that's me. That's my story, right? That's who I was. I get excited about that story. Another thing we know about the sons of the kingdom in verse, going back to verse 6, and this, you didn't read this text, but it's about the same, it's, it's kind of in the same context here, and it's in the parable of the sower. But it says, verse 6, that uh, they produced fruit. So when the plants came up and bore grain, uh, then the, the weeds appeared also. So we see that... Um, that also the, the, uh, the, the, the sons of the kingdom, there's fruit in their life, meaning there, there is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, long-suffering, and self-faithfulness and self-control. I always miss the faithfulness. Yeah? There's a song I try to sing when I'm trying to memorize it. But that I mean, there's fruit in their life. You see spiritual fruit. In it. You know they're a believer because you see spiritual godly fruit coming out of their life. The sons of the kingdom, third here, is that they reproduce their faith, right? They, they, their faith isn't just kept to themselves. No, you see that being reproduced in the lives of others. Again, going back to the parable of the sower, is that verse 23, it says, As for that which was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word, understands it. He indeed bears fruit, and it yields, in one case, get this, a hundredfold, and another sixty, and in another, what, thirty. So a son of the kingdom, their faith is being reproduced in the lives of other people. Their children, maybe, their friends that they care deeply for, their family. A person who is a son of the kingdom cannot keep their faith to themselves because of the fruit that is bearing in their life. They will reproduce their faith in the lives of other people. That's awesome, right? What, a, what an awesome, awesome uh, a person, place to be, a nature to have. Again, get this one, though. Get this one. This is number four. They are sold out. For God and his mission. A son of the kingdom is sold out. Everybody say that word sold out. Amen. I want to be sold out. God, I want God to have all of me. I don't want anything in this world to hold me back. I want to say I don't even care about it. I just want what God's got for me. I'll just sell and get rid of it all. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about another parable within the same chapter 13 and verse 44. Look at that with me. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes out and does what? sells all that he has and buys that field. I want to be that way. Is that your life? Is that what you want? That's me, right? I want to just, I don't know. I don't care. I'll sell the house. I'll get rid of the cars. I'll change jobs. I'll go wherever it is, God, you want me to do. I'm so completely 100% sold out because I care about, about following you and about seeing your kingdom come. That's the life I want to live. Again, the son, a son of the kingdom uh, again, another, uh, there's another, verse 45 and 46 also talks about, uh, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and did what? Sold all that he had and bought it. God, I want to be sold out. Can you pray that right now over your life? God, Lord, I want to be sold out for you, God. I want you to have all of me. I want all of you, Jesus. I don't want anything in this world to hold me back from doing what you want me to do. 
please, God, do this in my life. I want to be sold out. That's what the sons of the kingdom look like. Now, what, what do the sons of the evil one look like, look like? Well, first off, you know, this is a harsh one here, but it says the sons of the evil one, they're instruments of the devil. They're instruments of the devil. It says that, um, that in verse 38 and 39, it says, the weeds are the sons of the who, the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil, right? So the devil came, just like Jesus came and put a seed of life, and we were born new, uh, brand new born again creatures. Well, the devil comes and finds people who uh, are, are uh, you, you know, who are willing and who don't want anything to do with God, and he comes and puts a seed into their life that looks like him because he's their father and they're his children and now they look like him. So what do they do? They do exactly what Satan does, right? They, they lie, they steal, they kill, they destroy, right? There are people in this world. I don't have to preach this message. You probably know who they are and I hope you, I hope you will uh, be serious about this. But, the, but what I'm asking you to pray is that God, you will ask God to reveal to you who they are because you have to understand, just like Satan prowls around like a roaring lion, so they are too. Satan is using them to strategically come into your life and to work Satan's will into your life. The scripture also tells us that they're enemies of God, just like Satan. They're trying to work against God's plan in your life. They're trying to work against what God is trying to do here, Right? And, and I'm not trying to exalt them, but because they're, they're children of Satan, they're pretty good at it. They say the things that get to us. They do the things that, that scare us and so fear in us. They're, they're really good at what they do because so many believers have just stopped in their faith and are not moving forward, are not growing in their faith, are not doing what God has called them to do because these sons of the devil are working against them because they are enemies of God. The Bible tells us that they're tares, and that's more of a King James kind of word here to weeds, but understand the tear, uh, this Greek word that's used here is for a weedy rye grass with poisonous black seeds, which, get this, resemble wheat in its early growth, but is easily distinguished from it in at maturity. So they can have the appearance of wheat. Do you understand? They look like just the rest of us. You know, they, they dress like us. They may, they, they are, I mean, I'm not trying to sow that, but I'm saying there's a possibility they could be among us. They, they, I know that they are assigned to your life and they look like you. They can even talk like you. They can even sing your songs. They can even know your language. But you have to be really careful because if you're not, they have poison in them. And if you let them too close to your life and you let them speak into your life and you're not awake and you're not sensitive and you're not being led by the Spirit, then they can come and they can do some damage. Does that make sense? Amen. I'm being serious right now here, folks. You know me. You know I'm the guy that loves to make you feel good and shout and I'm the cheerleader for Jesus. But I'm trying to be really, really serious right now. I'm trying to be pastoral because I believe that as we pray through this, the Lord is trying to say, be careful. There have been other prophetic words that have been given over this church of people who have tried to weasel their way in here to gain your attention and your affection to lead you astray. And I believe not only corporately is that, being, is that happening, but I believe as you are saying to the Lord, I want to follow your plan, I want to be sold out, that there are enemies, enemy spirits that have invaded the lives of people that are being used by Satan himself 
to disrupt you, to discourage you, to hold you back, to sow fear in your heart, to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Amen. Come on. God, help us to know who they are. So how do we pray for this? I think the first serious prayer, this is going to be a hard one. Lord, search my heart. Listen, God redeems. You could be here today and maybe you're here and maybe you're here for one, uh, the wrong reason. You could be here today. You could be here for the wrong reason. You're here because somebody made you come here today. You're here today because, you know, you, this is all you've ever done. But maybe you sent some of the work of Satan in your own life. But listen, I was too. That was me. I was a weed. I was a tear. I was just, I was out to destroy the work of God. I was the, the, the ugliest tear there was. But God redeemed me. He gave me a new nature. I'm a new creation today. I'm wheat. I'm bearing fruit. I'm a son of the kingdom. God can save you. God can redeem you. God can change your life. And if that's you today, I I ask you to pray over your life and say, Lord, redeem me. Save me. I want to be a son of the kingdom. I don't want to be used by Satan to hurt someone. I don't want to be used by Satan to stop what God is trying to do. I don't want to be an enemy anymore. I believe God's given everybody free will this morning. To choose whether you're going to be weed or whether you're going to be tear. I want to be, I want to be a, a fruit-bearing believer, a son of the kingdom. We also need to pray that the true identity of others be revealed in our life. Amen. Listen, some of you over these next 21, over these 21 days of praying, I pray the Holy Spirit will reveal to you people that are in your life that are trying to pull you down. Listen, it says the wheat and the tear grow up together, right? And our lives are so rooted together and entangled together. And so Jesus said, listen, I'm going to have to let them grow up. I can't just pull the tear out. I've got to let them grow up because if I do, it could cause, uh, it could cause unnecessary harm to the sons of the kingdom. Because God knows there are relationships that are in your life. That, that are there to pull you down, to destroy you, to hurt you. But Jesus says, listen, we can grow up together. I just want you to know who they are. I don't want you to entangle yourself any more than you have to into their life or them, their life into your life. You have got to pray the serious prayer over your life. God, who is in my life that's pulling me away from you? That's stopping me from doing what you've called me to do? Who's keeping me from being sold out for you, God? Help me to know who they are. And I believe and I know for certain God will reveal it. He will show you who those people are. And I say, I pray that, that, that um, God will... Um, just pray over our church that the Lord will protect us from those who will try to invade our church, that will try to get us, to distract us, to discourage us, to divide us. They will come. They will come and they will try to divide us. They will try to turn us against each other. We have to make a pact, folks. As a body of believers, we will not be divided. Amen. We have to say it. We have to commit that we will pray through it. If ever there's a sense of division in your heart towards someone or to some leadership or to something we're doing in your heart, I beg you, I plead you, let's pray and let's seek the Lord until God can bring reunite us together let's not let the enemy work his way into that if we're discouraged as a body of believers i pray that you will that we will pray why are we discouraged god reveal to us why are we discouraged as a believers we are the body of people that are more than conquerors what we're doing right here folks is greater than what they're doing in the halls of congress or in business boardrooms around the world what we're doing here is more powerful is eternal It is serious. 
And I pray that nothing or no one will be able to come in and discourage and divide us against one another from doing that important, necessary work of the kingdom of God. And third here, lastly here, pray. Again, this is another one that I'm having trouble kind of um, putting the right wording down, but I'm just going to give it to the way the, the way that the Bible gives it to us. Pray that we will warn of the coming judgment. Pray that we will warn of the coming judgment. This is a parable of today. I believe that Jesus given us some really important information we need to know before our life today as a believer, but he's also given us something to look at in the future of what's going to happen at the end. And verse 40 tells us, it says, it says this, it says, so it will be right at the end of the age. There will be what we call a harvest time. There will be a harvest time and there will be angelic. There will be divine beings, angelic beings that will come and there will be a separation finally of this, this wheat and this uh, tear. And, uh, and, then the, and, then, and then the tear will be uh, burned up, and then the wheat will go on to live forever. So what, is the, uh, what does the future of the, uh, the sons of the kingdom look like? It says the righteous, in verse 43, look at it. It says the righteous will live in the kingdom of the Father, right? What does this look like? Revelations 21, verse 1 through 4. Just listen to me as I share these, these important verses to you. I think Brother Jay preached them a few, couple weeks ago. But just listen. Say, this is what heaven looks like. This is what it looks like for the kingdom of the righteous, those who are in Christ. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for former things have all passed away. That's your future. If you are in Christ, that is your future. Amen. Is anybody else excited about it as me? This isn't, if you're thinking, hey, this is it, man, no, this is not. We're far from it, you know? We're in the throes of it right now. You're as close to hell as you're ever going to get if you're alive right now, if you're in Christ Jesus. But there is, the best is yet to come, a place where finally we are in the mighty, glorious presence of God. We have no fear. We have no worry. We have, I mean, it is just a place of utter, I don't know what, joy, peace, life, abundantly. And that's the future that you and I have. But then he, the, but the son's, of the evil one have a different future, have a different future. And we see this back in the text, verse, verse 40. It says, just as the weeds were gathered and burned with fire, so it will be at the end of the age, the son of man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And this is explained further back in Revelations 21, verse 8. It says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake 
that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. It's a hard word. I don't like to talk a lot about hell, but I should because Jesus talked a lot about hell. And he didn't talk about hell in the sense that he was glad to send people there. No, the way Jesus talked about hell was that he warned people that this is a real place. I don't care what the world does and how it makes fun of it and says, oh, that's silly and how now some even academic intellectual people in theology are trying to undo it in the word of God and trying to make it something funny, something that's not serious. Jesus knew it was serious. He was the son of God. He knew that, that the place existed and he, he urgently uh, implored people to not go there. You don't have to go to hell. Article from the Gospel Coalition, Jesus describes hell. He says Jesus doesn't only reference hell, he describes it in great detail. He says it's a place of eternal torment, of unquenchable fire, where the worm does not die, where people will gnash their teeth in anguish and regret, and for which there is no return even to warn loved ones. He calls hell a place of outer darkness, comparing it to Gehenna, which was a trash dump outside the walls of Jerusalem where rubbish was burned and maggots abounded. Jesus talks about hell more than he talks about heaven and describes it more vividly. There's no denying that Jesus knew, believed, and warned about the absolute reality of hell. And Jesus wants us to pray. He wants us to pray that nobody in your life would go there. It's a very important prayer, folks. Satan will try to undo hell. He will try to make it as unreal as possible in your life and the life of the, of the church. But Jesus didn't believe that. Jesus urged his people not to go to hell. He doesn't want to send anybody to hell, the Bible says. He doesn't. He made it for Satan and demons. He didn't make it for you. He didn't make it for others in your life. He doesn't want you to go to hell. And he wants us to pray, church. He wants us to pray seriously like you've never prayed before, that the people in your life will not go to hell, that their eyes would be open to the knowledge of the love and the salvation of Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and close this morning. God wants to pray, us to pray as a body of believers that we will also understand the reality of hell. Again, it's not something I, I think about all the time. It's not something I want to think about all the time. I'm not trying to bring you down. Again, again, you guys know me. I'm just trying to be real with you this morning. But somehow God's got to put this in my spirit in a deeper way to provoke me, to move me, to pray, to intercede. To, for those people that, that I just know that if, if, if they don't have a, a, an encounter with Christ, their lives are going in that direction. To pray and to, to, to intercede for, for my city, that if there's anyone in this city that has not heard the gospel, the loving story of Jesus Christ and about his salvation, that God move me and call out more workers and laborers to go to tell that important story. Jesus himself even told us that. He commanded us to pray for workers in the harvest. God, don't let my city go to hell. Satan is working harder than many believers are. 
Satan is working hard to try to send as many people to hell as he can. We, church, have to be working harder. We have to be working harder than Satan. We can't let ourselves fall asleep. We can't let ourselves drift off the spiritual darkness. We can't let ourselves chase after worldly affections. We have to search our hearts daily. And we have to have these times of prayer and fasting for God to wake us up so that nobody in our life and nobody in our city will go to hell. God, move me. God, wake me up. God, stir me, please, to pray. Pray that I stay awake. To pray for those that Satan has tried to put in my life to pull me down, to pull me away from Christ. Pray, God, that I would have this knowledge of hell so that it would move me and provoke me to pray that nobody in my life would go to hell. God, please, Lord, I beg you to join me in those three prayers. Prayers for your life, prayers for those in your life, and prayers for our church and our city. They're going to come and play. And I'm going to just pray a little prayer here. And then if you feel led this morning just to come forward and pray here at this altar, maybe the Spirit of God is stirring you. You're not, you know, you're not coming out because you're a horrible, rotten person. That's just an old idea. That's just not true. When you come forward, what you're doing is you're coming forward and you're saying, God, I'm sold out. I'm sold out. I'm going to give my life to this. I want to give my life to praying and interceding. I'm gonna, I, I, I don't want anybody in my life to go to hell. And you just, the Spirit of God has just moved on your life and you just want to pray and intercede. We want to invite you to come forward. I also want you to come forward this morning. And maybe you, maybe you're just, maybe you're just so far from God right now. Maybe in your life you're far from God and you just know it and you just need prayer. You need somebody to pray with you to just make that return back to Jesus. Or maybe you've never had a relationship with God. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're the one that says, listen, if God doesn't change my life, I I am probably that person going to hell and I need God to redeem me. I need to be saved today. I need a brand new life. I'm dying inside and I need that abundant life that only Jesus can give. If that's you this morning, I too want to pray with you. I want you to just raise, raise your hand when you come forward. I want to come and pray with you this morning. Is that okay? Is that okay? But listen, I want to open this time up for anybody today that wants to pray, that wants to intercede, that wants to... Get, be sold out for Jesus to come forward and to seek him this morning. Let's pray. Father, this morning, there's some here I know they have prayed. They have, they have sought you over these last two weeks of praying and fasting, God. They are seeking your will, God. They are seeking a deeper walk with you. But God, I pray for everybody in this church right now, Jesus. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you will wake up every believer in this church. If there's anybody that's drifted asleep, God, if there's anybody, Lord, that's maybe unconscious to what you're trying to do in their life, Lord, I ask that, God, you will send a wake-up call right now, Jesus. And wake them up, Lord. And they would say, God, I'm ready to be sold out for you, Jesus. Who was that this morning? Who was saying, I'm ready to be sold out for God. I'm tired of this worldly mess that's trying to pull me away from God. I'm tired of being stuck in this worldly crud that's got me down, that's got me discouraged. I'm ready to be free. I'm ready to be a son of the kingdom. I'm ready to bear fruit. I'm ready to reproduce fruit in other people's lives. I'm ready, Lord. Wake me up, Jesus. Wake me up, Jesus. Wake me up, Jesus. Get me out of this mess I've got myself in.
And God, for those who are here this morning, they've got people in their life, they know Jesus. If something, if they don't have an encounter with Jesus, those people are going to hell. God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you will give these people in this church such a warrior spirit, that God, you will make them more than conquerors, that you will reveal to them how powerful their prayers are, how they tear down strongholds, God. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you will raise up warriors in this church, God, people that will refuse to let anybody in their life go to hell. They will say, I want to pray on my knees to my knees, bleed. This person is not going to hell. That person is not going to hell. God, my city's not going to go to hell, Jesus. My nobody, I'm going to pray. I'm going to intercede. I'm going to believe that God is going to use my, my prayers. God, give us that knowledge, Lord. Not, the, not to where it discourages us, God, but where it provokes us, God. Where it moves us, oh Lord. To seek you on behalf of unsaved loved ones in our life. God, please pray that with me, church. Put that in my spirit, Lord. Come on, church, pray it. Put that in my spirit. Put that knowledge in my spirit, God. I pray I'm moved in my spirit, Lord, to not let anybody in my life go to hell. I don't want him to go to hell. I don't want her to go to hell, God. I want them to know you and know your love like I do. And there's anybody here this morning and you say, listen, I'm so far from God. I'm so unconscious to what God is doing. I fell asleep. I fell asleep and I'm having a hard time waking up this morning. I need more than what I got. Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that, Father, you will shine your light so bright into their life that, Lord, somehow you will help them, Lord, be able to break through out of that sleep, come out of that slumber, oh God. And, Father, Lord, just break free from the pools of the world, break free from all the the, the cares of this world and the troubles of this world, God. And God, you would just grant them the faith right now to just leave it behind and say, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm giving you my life this morning. I'm not going to let this pull me down and pull me away from you. Jesus, I pray, grant them the faith right now. If that's you right now, if that's you, if you're so asleep right now and you're just so unconscious to what God is trying to do in your life, but you're saying, I need a breakthrough this morning. I need a breakthrough. I need a healing. I need a deliverance. I need faith right now. I'm faithless. I want you to buy faith right now. Lift your hands up to Jesus and say, God, I need a breakthrough in my life. Set me free, God. Wake me up, Jesus. If you're watching online, you do the same. Jesus is watching you there. He's right there in that room with you. Be honest with the Lord. Set me free, God. If you're here this morning, and you know that if you were to die today, if you were to die today, you would not go to heaven. Or maybe you're here and you're wanting, you don't know if you go to heaven or hell. You're thinking, hey, maybe I've done just enough good that I won't go to hell. Why would God send me to hell? If I've done just enough good. But Jesus says, everybody in this room, nobody in this room has done enough good. Nobody can do enough good. Our God is a holy God. He is a holy God. He's made every provision for every single one of us to not go to hell. And he did it through his son, Jesus. Not through any religious works, but he did it through his son, Jesus. And this morning, your hope is not in your good works. It's not in your religious works or your good deeds. 
Your hope is in what Jesus did. Every single person in this house, it's through what Jesus did. Our hope alone is in what Christ did by dying in our place and paying the price, your redemption price, to save you from your sins so that you will not die and go to hell. And he's paid that price for you. All you have to do this morning is to receive it. All you have to do is give your life to Jesus and to receive his free gift of salvation. And this morning, you don't have to go to hell. You can know and have an assurance that your sins have been forgiven and you're going to live with Jesus forever. If that's you this morning, I want you to step forward and I want you to say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I give my life to you. I'm ready to go to heaven. I'm ready to follow your plan for my life. I give my life to you. If that's you this morning, come forward. And if you're here this morning, you're here this morning and you're just ready to be sold out for Jesus. You're ready to be sold out for Jesus. I dare you to come forward this morning and give your life fully to Him. Give your life fully to Him. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God, wake me up, Jesus. Wake me up, Jesus. Wake me up, Jesus. Wake me up, Jesus. God, wake me up, Lord. Wake me up, Lord. I want to be so on fire for you, God. I want to be so on fire for you, God. I want to be on fire, God. I want to burn with passion for you, God. Burn for passion, God. I want to be a warrior. I want to be a mighty warrior for your kingdom, God. I don't want to be weak anymore. I know you called me to be strong. I don't have to be weak anymore. Satan is a liar. He's told us I'm weak. He's told us we're weak. He's a liar. We're the strongest. We're the strongest body of people in the entire world. What we're doing is, is greater and mightier. In this room is greater and mightier than anything that's happening anywhere else in the world. We have the power and the authority in you, Christ, to bind and to loose, to legislate what is done in heaven right here on earth, God. And help us, I pray, to get that, to receive that. As Brother Mark preached last night, that, God, we would walk in the authority of Christ. Lord, no longer as the head of my household while I let Satan try to come in and take my children or try to sow seeds of evil under my children, oh Lord. I'll take back my house in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm not going to let Satan come into my house. He's not going to have my children. He's not going to have my church. God, this is our church. We are possessing the gates. And Lord, I pray only what is done in heaven shall be done here. And I forbid what is, what is forbidden in heaven to be done here. I forbid pornography addiction in the mighty name of Jesus. It will not have our men anymore. I bind up right now the power and the pull of that pornography addiction right now. And I loose the freedom in Christ Jesus over our men and our young men in this church. I bind up right now depression. Depression in the name of Jesus. It is forbidden in heaven. It shall be in the mighty name of Jesus. Forbidden among your people in this church. We loose right now the freedom and the healing from depression among the people in our church. We bind up cancer in Jesus' name. It will not, it will not control our people. We bind up the power of sickness, the power of sickness in the name of Jesus. It is forbidden in heaven and in the mighty name of Jesus. It is forbidden in this church. And we loose right now the healing, the divine healing that Jesus you bore your stripes for. By your stripes we are healed in Jesus' name. We bind up addiction, drunkenness, 
We bind up drunkenness in the name of Jesus. Liquor and alcohol is poison. It, it makes you fall asleep. It will not be allowed, permitted in this body of believers. We bind up the power of alcohol and drugs in the name of Jesus. And we lose freedom from the desire for that. We pray that you would put a holy distaste in the hearts and the minds of your people. That God, your people would despise that junk. And they will not allow it into their lives. It destroys marriages. It destroys families, God. It destroys bodies, God. And we forbid it because it's forbidden in heaven. Set your people free in this church and wake us up, oh God. I come against right now the spirit of discouragement. Discouragement. The spirit that makes you think you're less adequate, that you're not worthy to do what God has called you to do. You've made mistakes in the past or other people are better at it than you. Or how could God use me? And that's not of God. That's forbidden in heaven. God has called everybody in this room and has gifted everybody in this room with something to build the body of Christ and has given everybody his spirit to be a bold witness. And so in the name of Jesus, I bind that spirit of defeat. I bind that spirit right now of discouragement. It is forbidden in heaven and it shall be in the mighty name of Jesus, forbidden in this church. And we lose right now the knowledge to every believer that is called, that is here, that has a calling for you to do something, God, Lord, to Build your kingdom in this church and in this city. I lose right now the faith right now to, to tell a mountain to be moved. I lose right now the faith right now to tell a giant that he's going to fall. I lose right now the faith right now for the, for the folks in this church right now that will believe they can actually walk on water. I lose the faith right now that people will not let a sea stand between them, but will have the faith to tell a sea to divide. I lose the faith right now in your people to not let Satan win anymore. But God, the faith that every believer is more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. From the Lord, I say to you this morning, your prayers were heard. He heard every prayer you prayed this morning. You prayed big prayers. Some of you prayed bigger prayers than you've ever prayed in your life. Those prayers were heard this morning. He's going to do what you asked him to do if it's in his will. He's proud of you. That's the type of believer we need to be. Believers that pray big, awesome prayers. And we're going to take back what the enemy has stolen. We're going to snatch souls right out of hell and place them right on glorious ground. We're not going to stop praying, folks. This is just the beginning. I know it's just uh, 21 days, but I pray it launches us into something bigger. Right, Toby? Man, could it just launch us something into something bigger? I want to do something more than this. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. But God heard your prayers this morning. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. And let's see what God is going to do. Who thinks he's going to do something big? Amen. Who thinks he's going to set some captives free? Woo! Come on. He's going to set some captives free. Amen. He's going to do it. The people you prayed for, he's going to set them free. They're going to be free. There's an anointing on your prayers to set those captives free. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning.